about trouble in the morning to you to keen on to the rest of the AM live listeners. I've no song today. It's a bit, uh, I don't know what's going on. It's overcast and uh, it doesn't look like a Johannesburg I know in October. So mm-hmm. no no inspiration because of the weather? No, the weather is just, uh, we, can't, we can't have this weather in October, Sakina. No way. I have no qualms with the weather except that it's happening on a weekday. But moving straight yeah. along, Asian markets mixed this morning, but mostly down as oil declines from a lack of demand. Yeah, well, challenges were there if you start looking at what's happened in the early hours of yesterday. So, you know, uh, this morning, in actual fact, we look at the Asian markets and they started to open. A lot of it really been pulled, but what the oil prices have been showing, uh, I think a lot of guys have thought that the, the price, uh, oil will continue to surge following uh, the cutting off by the OPEC uh, in terms of production there. But it seems like there's a lack of demand for the uh, for the commodity. And what's happened is that obviously these oiling companies um, are, are really looking at how to uh, find alternative ways into supply uh, into the supply chain um, uh, that is available currently globally. If you look at, for example, as looking at Nigeria as well, uh, their production levels as well have slightly declined by nearly 2.8%, but still it seems like it's costing them a lot to, to do the production, and so that eats away on the return. The same, the same story, I suppose, if you look at what's happening in, um, in some of the OPEC countries, now we have Iran also uh, joining the fray as well with Israel. I don't know if they be, they'll be accepted into, into the new organization, if they're going to be included in the new uh, production lines as well. So all those things have created a little bit of uncertainty, and that's why you see the Asian markets, unfortunately, because especially those energy stocks, uh, they were hit hard, and, and they couldn't pull back themselves up out of, out of danger, out of the red zone uh, from early hours of this morning. So you saw that it sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of seen uh, some of the, in actual fact, the, uh, the uh, energy stocks, uh, really, really low. Um, some of them, even uh, like uh, uh, Chinese energy uh, exporters, showing that they're very, very low in terms of returns. Um, money leaving that uh, that particular area very quickly. Uh, if you look at the Hong Kong Hang uh, the Hong, in, in Hong Kong as well, you started to see some of the, uh, the the companies being hit hard as well from early hours of the morning. So the MSCI Asia Pacific Sakina is uh, slightly under by 0.21 percent. If you look at uh, the uh, most uh, the best performing sector at the current moment. Uh, is your uh, your technological stocks? Uh, they're looking they're looking very strong in that. So fact, they're up by more more than two and a half percent. So that's a, 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 a that's a welcome, obviously, because that's where you want to see all these innovations taking place. But other than that, Akira, a little bit like Johannesburg, the Asian markets really under the blanket there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but just honing in on those uh, uh, Chinese numbers, as you say, yeah. the data they are struggling to provide any sort well, of certainty. Uh, what it does do is to highlight growth concerns. But uh, explain to us why has China technically taken over um, the U.S. as the largest economy? Why have they you know, taken it? You know, so, you know I, I've been saying, I, mean, I don't know, how, for how long now we've been talking about this? I think it's been three years, if, if I'm not mistaken, where we've been talking about um, the strength of the Chinese economy and how, how, how fast it grew, that sometimes the calculations and the numbering does not add up, that they are still number two in the world. Um, you know, so economists come up with different theories and analogies that calculate how an economy should be growing. For example, one of the uh, most important um, uh, registers or uh, the, the, the calculation that everybody's used to is that, uh, the, the gross domestic product, which is the GDP. And we always look at that as a sign of whether or not this country is going fast enough, and we compare it versus 
a time and versus. But if you go back, I mean, the Chinese market at some point was growing at 12.5% on an annual basis. Um, so even at that point, it was still not the largest, <laughs> you know, in terms of um, uh, the size of trade that takes place within the Chinese market versus the U.S. market. Now, there's something I want to introduce to the listeners, and maybe most of them actually might actually know about this, but it's called uh, purchasing power parity. Now, it's a, it's a theoretical uh, measurement, a statistical method of calculating via the currency the availability of being able to purchase things in the local currency which is available in that particular country. Now, let, let's take the yuan, for example, and the dollar. It is evident that the dollar is far more um, a competitive and far more used uh, currency than the yuan, evidently. However, if you look at in terms of power parity and what you are buying, if you're looking at what you purchase in China and what you purchase in the U.S., you'll find the discrepancy uh, within the powers in which you are allowed to buy, to buy things, to buy goods, um, and will be much more stronger if you're in China than what you would be in the U.S. And that is natural because obviously China is growing at three, four times the, 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 the pace of what the United States is growing at. So the, uh, the numbers are based on purchasing power parity, so, you know, That's why they say that the Chinese market has definitely overtaken the U.S. in terms of uh, the economy, uh, which makes adjustments for the fact that goods are cheaper in countries such as China relative to the U.S. Uh, without these adjustments, Sakina, for living costs, uh, the Chinese economy is still smaller than the U.S. at about $6 trillion, uh, uh, pounds. But I want to give you the, the numbers now in pounds because I, don't have, I, couldn't, I didn't have enough time to tra- translate them to convert them. So, 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 don't laugh at me. I'll work it out. I'll work it out. I'll do it as homework for you. All right? Okay, so we've got, we've got the economy, the Chinese economy currently is worth 11.2 trillion pounds, and the U.S. is sitting at 10.8 trillion pounds. That is if you obviously use this power parity. And the IMF says that is accurate, that is acceptable, and we can use that as a gauge. So please don't forget to do your homework for tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, but as long as you want to do the conversion, go and do the conversion. And we'll speak to him again tomorrow. That was our uh, our market analyst, Clive Ntozabadu Ramatibela.